Hey, it's Andrew Wilkow. Here's my opening monologue from today's Wilkow Majority on Sirius XM Patriot. Democrats well, are responding to a piece in Slate. Lots of comments here. That Republicans are trying to take away the right to vote, to, to nullify voting. Because allegedly Mitch McConnell is trying to push a piece of legislation that would take away the gubernatorial power to appoint a vacancy in the Senate instead of in a special election. Now, if you're old enough to remember this, this is exactly what Democrats did. Now, look, again, I'm not defending McConnell when I say this, but they did this when Mitt Romney was governor of Massachusetts and John Kerry was running. I'm not defending Mitt Romney, but Democrats pushed Romney I don't know why he signed it into law, but okay, he signed it into law that gave away his power of the gubernatorial appointment. And then John Kerry didn't win. And then by the time Scott Brown was running, when DeVal Patrick was governor, when Ted Kennedy died, they said, no, 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 no. We can't have a special election. DeVal Patrick's got to appoint a new senator. Well, no, 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 no. What do you mean? Well, they, Scott Brown got lucky. Because they didn't, uh, I guess, Ted Kennedy died within the 90-day deadline to pass a piece of legislation that would have changed the law back. But Democrats did the exact same thing. And if you want to talk about nullifying voting, look at the way the executive branch agencies operate almost autonomously on their own, doing as they please, passing regulations that are treated like law. When they're not law, Democrats have no love for voting unless it goes their way. If they don't get their way at the ballot box, they go to the courts. If they can't win in the courts, they go to the bureaucracies. And then if they can't win in the bureaucracies, they go back to the states and judge shop till they change election laws as they did in 2020. That's why when somebody calls, "Uh, uh, you you, you think the election was stolen? Yes, I do. I might not be taking up the cause of the Dominion voting machines or some places where Republican observers were not allowed to view the counts, although that's a concern. The real concern ought to be when people like Mark Elias and law firms like Perkins Coy go into courtrooms and convince judges that they should arbitrarily change election law. So ballots that otherwise would have been tossed out for being filed late in the wrong precinct, not signed, if they were filled out in assisted living facilities without uh, witness signatures, if they were sent to third-party drop boxes two weeks after, well, we got to count all the ballots. No, no, you don't. You got to count all the legal ballots. We have election laws in this country, but the Democrats treat them like immigration laws. Well, uh, you know, we got people that are fleeing poverty and violence. And, you know, if we bring them in and they, you know, start having babies and the baby's a citizen, we can't deport the family. Now they're going to be here for the rest of their lives. And okay, can someone, I just, I, I normally don't reach out to the phones for a topic. But is anybody that lives in an area with a high percentage of migrants coming in, noticing what I've said, I've been saying for a couple of weeks now, I never saw women selling sliced fruit and uh, other other things in Ziploc bags, uh, all with the same Cape Cod shopping cart. You know those shopping carts that old ladies use? Every single subway platform, every single subway car has a woman walking around 
with a baby strapped to her back trying to sell, trying to hawk chocolate. I'd never seen this before, before the migrants arrived in New York City. Now, I would love to know what, you know, pimp they, they, they owe their draw to. Because I don't think people just handed them chocolate and said, well, if you sell, you sell. If you don't sell, you don't sell. You know, I'm just a charitable person. Go out there, Miss Migrant Lady, doesn't speak any English, and try to sell chocolate. Wintick 695 Patriot 9572874. And the big one to start with Kamala Harris in Ghana. The first African American woman vice president goes back to her home continent, right? Because she's the first African American woman vice president. Here she is with yet another word salad where she makes no sense yet again speaking on the tarmac in Ghana. Cut one. I'm very excited about the future of Africa. I'm very excited about the impact of the future of Africa on the rest of the world, including the United States of America. I don't think anybody knows what Kamala Harris is saying. Maybe her husband does, but the rest of us is just word salads. But notice we haven't seen the screaming headlines about her being the first African-American vice president, woman of color to return to the roots of her family. Now, why is that? Because for about 13 years, she's been sold by the Democrats as the first African-American this and the first African-American that and the first African-American to whatever it is. There is always... She's the first. If you don't believe me, let's take a walk down memory lane. 2010, public television, San Francisco. The interviewer is Belva Davis. Kamala Harris was putting out her first book, Cut Five. Well, Kamala Harris is San Francisco's first woman district attorney and the first African-American woman to hold the office in California. Her new book, Smart on Crime, A Career Prosecutor's Plan to Make Us Safer, offers some new solutions to fighting crime in our community. So welcome, Thank Kamala you, Harris. Thank you. You know, we were talking about education over there just a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, in your book, Education Pays a Big Part, How do you connect education and crime fighting and smart crime fighting? Well, essentially, it all boils down to the public health model. Okay. I didn't take any more of the interview because you get the point. She's there, and she's referred to as the first African-American district attorney in the city of San Francisco in 2010. Here she is in 2012 being introduced as the first African-American attorney general in California, cut four. So... Kamala Harris was sworn in as California's 32nd Attorney General uh, in January of last year, and it was probably the first time that Kamala Harris, the only time that Kamala Harris was 32nd at anything in her life. (laughs) She is a graduate of Howard University, Hastings School of the Law, former District Attorney of San Francisco. Here we go. Why she's a trailblazer. She's the first woman the first African-American, the first South Asian-American attorney general in our state's history. She might have been Willie Brown's 32nd girlfriend. That might be. that. We'd have to check that one. But there she is. She's the first African-American. Here she is in 2019, entering the race for 2020, MSNBC, cut two. 
On this Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day, Senator Kamala Harris becomes the first African American to enter the 2020 presidential race. Harris is a freshman Democratic senator from California. She's the second African American female senator in U.S. history. And before that, she served as California's attorney general. She's also a former district attorney for San Francisco. Harris says that she's running because she feels a sense of responsibility to stand up and fight. And one more. Inauguration Day, 2021, CBS News, cut three, play it. Madam Vice President, it is the first time those words have been spoken here in the United States. CBS 2's Alice Gaynor has more now on Vice President Kamala Harris's first. Vice President Kamala Harris, sworn in by Bronx-born U.S. Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor, made history Wednesday. We celebrate our first African-American, first Asian-American, and first woman vice president. Don't tell me things can't change. I notice as she makes this trip to Ghana, where she's promised $100 million. Boy, we're just promising money all over the world. That they've dropped the African-American label. Now, why is that? Because she's not African-American. Not only is she not African-American, she's the descendant of Jamaican slaveholders. That's right. Slaveholders. But they propped her up like Joe Biden, the son and the grandson of the coal miners, the only Irish kid in the Polish neighborhood who got his education in the black church, who marched and demonstrated for civil rights, who has three advanced degrees top of his class at Syracuse, tried out for the NFL, should I go on? His entire story is fabricated. It's bogus. It's a fake. Kamala Harris is not African-American. Her father immigrated from Jamaica. Uh, actually, uh, Jamaicans draw their lineage to, to Africa, but she wouldn't be an African-American. Jamaicans, Trinidadians, Barbadians, Anyone from the West Indies and the Caribbean that moves to the United States is not referred to as an African-American. But she sold that. Well, Andrew, it's not her fault, the interviewers. Who do you think, where do you think the bio comes from? It came from her. She never once corrects them. So they sold her as the first African-American, this, that, and the other thing. Now she goes to Africa and they drop it. Because it's fake. Wintick 695 Patriot 9572874. Aren't you glad you checked the box? Sirius XM Patriot. You can join me live on the Wilcom Majority Monday to Friday, noon to 3 East, 9 to noon West on Sirius XM Patriot Channel 125.